everybody. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Invincible You, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week we talk about how to live with passion, purpose, and power, how to improve our finances, relationships, career, virtuality, health, and happiness in many ways. And today we have a very relevant guest today. It's going to be very interesting. This is Janae Adams, is an international speaker, author, and CEO who talks about financial literacy. At one time in her life, money ruled her life, and she became financially free, and now she teaches financial literacy to individuals, universities, corporations, and high schools throughout the country. She has spoken on behalf of the White House, Department of Education, for historically black colleges. She's been featured on Forbes, NBC, Good Morning America, USA Today. She's the author of The Money Attractor and Debt Sucks University. Welcome, Janae, to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Now, you got a fascinating story, and you talk about debt sucks, so I mean, that's not good, okay? <laughs> And I think you said you were $50,000 in debt. And apparently you married your husband, but you didn't realize he had $25,000 in student loans. And then, yeah. and then you bought a car with this $25,000. So now you're 50K in debt and you lost your job. Yep. And then you said, my first child is born in debt. I don't want my second child to be born in debt. So tell us, how did this all happen, this, this university? Yeah. So starting off, I did life right. I went to college for free on a tennis scholarship. Oh, okay. Great. I graduated. And a lot of people believe, especially those who go on college scholarships, think that they are, you know, debt free. They're yes. scot but they're not thinking about those that they may end up marrying and what they uh, have. <laughs> and so that that was my story. And and the, he thought he went to school on a basketball scholarship, but actually he one year they had to pay out of pocket, which uh, they can't do. He's a first-generation college student okay. at $5,000. And so wow. that, that part we could not avoid. Yes. But the second part we could have, but I was didn't understand money, was very impatient, uh, and went out and said we need a, another car. Wow. Instead of in the car that we had fixed, let's right. just go get a brand new one. And yes. like, you know, $25,000. And that's where the 50 grand of debt came from. Yes. And um, I tell people all the time, it was just numbers on paper until I lost my job. Mm -hmm. And when you lose your job, those yes. numbers become mm -hmm. real because you really have to pay these people back. I see. <laughs> and then you say you got out of debt in two years. And I like to hear later on how you did that. Uh, and you do have a lot of practical tips. I, I saw your website, your, you wrote two books. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing is, uh, we hear about the money abundance mindset. You know, people talk about the mind of prosperity and abundance and things like that. And you said that people have two things in common, money and dreams. Yeah. And sometimes a dream, uh, the money gets in the way of the dreams or people's fear of not having enough money to do mm -hmm. what they really want to do. So I'm thinking that you have this wealth mentality, this idea or success mentality that you can you know, have enough for your family and succeed mm -hmm. financially. 97% uh, of self-made millionaires, Jenny, do you know, uh, believe that they can become that, you know, millionaires at the time. So they actually have the self-belief. But the problem is that we have negative money mindsets, uh, negative mm. money stories. 80% uh, of our thoughts are negative, And we have like maybe 10 to, you know, 20,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. And uh, one of the thoughts, for example, is in, our, in Latin culture, I'm, I'm from the Latin culture, we say, mucho trabajo, poco dinero, which means a lot of work, little money. Or, of course, the money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> so how do, you get, uh, how do you get beyond those uh, negative money stories and get more of the positive mind? Yeah, and definitely as people grow up, they a lot of people learn those negative money stories from family members or parents and so forth. So you have to realize that you live in your own life. And that's where the dream sheet comes in within my book. It's just helping people understand what their short-term dreams are, intermediate dreams are, long-term dreams, mm -hmm. and being able to write those down because then you start to focus on that first yes. and then start realizing, okay, how do I financially get to this? And you realize that your passion for this dream is so much that you'll do anything. You'll sell anything. Yes. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll pay off debt just to uh -huh. get to the dream. So that's why the dreams are so important. And like you said, it's yes. the mind. 
and that's where the drains come. Now, growing up in North Carolina, I know they're very loving. Southern people have a family orientation. Uh, did you have any negative money mindsets from your from people around you, parents or others, or no? Yeah, and, and it's never been my parents, but you know, it can be like outside friends of the family. They'll yes. say, "Well, die in debt," and that oh, that, die in debt. That's a bad one. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one, and that that's one I heard a lot. You know, not okay. when I was growing up, but after, when I was out of college. Oh, and, okay. So a lot of people say, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to worry about that. I'll just, you know, die in debt. And that's that's the most negative one I've ever heard. And I, I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't have to. I don't care how old you are. If, you can, if you're breathing, get out of debt. Now, when they say that, are they saying, like, in other words, like, spend now, enjoy life, and then die? Or are they saying that no matter how hard I work, I'll, I'll be in debt? It's it's really that they don't they don't want to pay the debt off, so they're just like forget oh, it. Oh, okay, yeah, like uh, yeah, whatever just, happens. Okay. Yeah, and they and it looks like a very big number that can't be handled. So ah, they're just, I see. I see. Get it. Yeah. These are college debt. A lot of people. These universities are very expensive now. I've noticed graduate they, schools. You know, you know, six figures more than that. People own a lot of money. Uh, and it's a lifetime thing. A lot of people, um, and, and it's and a lot of times it's first generation students. I was a first gen, and yes. if you don't, you know, you want to go to your dream school, but if you right. haven't money for your dream school, <laughs> how about we go to this state school that's going to cost less? And you're there you get go. Yeah, I wonder how much Harvard and Yale cost these days, or I'm sure it's a lot of money, right? It, or, I think it, uh, and most of the private schools now is like seventy five thousand dollars a year. A uh, year? Wow. Yeah. Okay. People around here are going, wow, that's like uh, $300,000. Yes. That's crazy. crazy. Now, in terms of the, you know, the abundant mindset, that's a very powerful concept. And uh, we learned that uh, there are two elements to it. One is called optimism. Optimism is a belief that things are going to work out well for you. And they actually done studies that optimistic people have better luck. They uh, win the lottery more often. They make um, great relationships. And and, uh, because they're open to opportunities, right? They're always willing to look into something better. Pessimists, are always kind of going back. They don't want to take any kind of even smart risks because they're afraid of losing out. And the other thing is gratitude. You know, gratitude is being grateful for what you have and, and abundance and all that. Do you have uh, those elements in your life, either optimism or gratitude? Um, definitely optimism. It's, uh, sometimes I, I think it might be delusional optimism. <laughs> A little bit unrealistic, <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, but, but it helps you get through. You know yes. that you know, if something bad happens financially, that it's not always going to be that way. Yes. And that I was going through it with those two years. I knew that one day I would see the other side. So yes. that was my optimism. And then, of course, gratitude. I'm always thankful yes. for what, you know, yeah. instead of like always seeing what else can I get, what do I have now that I can be grateful for? Because exactly. whenever you do that, more comes to you anyway. Exactly. Yeah, the law of abundance, you know, believing in an abundant universe uh, where, you know, things are created, right? There's more money, there's more love, more ideas, you know, generated. Yeah. As opposed exactly. to scarcity. Some people believe in poverty. You know, there's less money, less ideas. Mm-hmm. Less love, and you know, people get scared and they get very tight minded. And uh, the other thing is, uh, this is not, I wrote a book called Invincible You, um, basically transformation uh, from positive psychology. And one of the things we see is uh, what we call reversal. So mm-hmm. I like to talk about give what you want most. So, for example, I work with, say, people who are shy or lonely. And I say, go to the room and find the loneliest or shy person and talk to them, make them feel good. Or if you have a lack of money, maybe give to a homeless person or you know, give to charity. And that kind of reverses the, the whole tightness idea. Have you ever seen that happen before in life? Yeah, and a lot of times it's, you know, like you said, with people who might have less than you and yes. realizing that, you know, it's always going to be somebody worse off than you. And and that, right. that's where the gratitude comes in yes. as well that you're speaking of. And being able to give more, you end up getting more from that, whether yes. it's just more, something materialistic or it can just be a great feeling that helps you get through your day the next time that you think about it. Exactly. I even have what I call a reverse birthday. On my birthday, I give to other people. Oh, cool. And, uh, gifts, and uh, I recommend that for some people to do that. 
because it kind of opens up that you're grateful for your friends or people around yep. you. Uh, and that's your birthday. Uh, so it's a whole different way of thinking. Now, another thing I like about what you talked about, uh, there's something called law of focus. What you focus on, you, you may attract. And you call it um, dream to reality sheet, mm-hmm. right? Where you write down, like I said, your six-month, um, I think, uh, middle term and then long term goals. Yes. You know, if money wasn't an object, what would you want to do? Yeah. I think you mentioned you want to go to European vacation. Have you guys yeah. done it yet? Yes, we, we have. Yeah, so okay. Where, where did you go? I, I, and I told people we didn't do it in that time frame because I did find a trip to Costa Rica for seven days for okay. $1,000 for six people. There you so go. we were there. That's not bad. Oh, so Costa Rica first. Okay. Yeah. And then eventually uh, Europe, I guess, is next. Yeah, we did uh, go to Europe. We went to um, Paris and London. I oh, took my mother uh, there because she had never been out the country before. Wow. So I took her and my two children uh, to I Paris. See. They say it's the most romantic city in the world, Paris, they say. Yeah. Yeah, and we we had a really good time, definitely. That's awesome. And then you said, I guess, long term, ten or fifteen years would be uh, college education for your kids and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, so delay of gratification—that's something that's a powerful tool, and it's not always easier for people. But also, you mentioned even kids. Uh, little kids can start to do this, and they did a study in Stanford. You may have heard of the classic study where they give a kid say either you get a treat now or you wait a little bit and you get two treats. Yeah. And the kids that waited two treats when they were adults, they had higher SAT scores, more education, oh. lower BMI. You know, uh, less oh, uh, yeah. uh, fat and weight, yeah. and, and uh, basically overall happier lives. Oh, cool! It's yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah? <laughs> was I remember hearing about the study, but I didn't hear about when they became adults. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's a long-term study. Yeah. So yeah. imagine that, but for a lot of people, that's not easy, right? To say, you know, you say write things down uh, that you want to buy and things like that, and you know, saving and all that. You know, so it's probably hard for some people to do that. It, it definitely is, and that's what the drink sheet helps people to get focus. You, when you don't have anything to look forward to, then the first financial emergency you run into, you'll end up quitting, and then you'll go back to that same mindset, I'll just die with debt. And so I'm trying to keep people out of that kind of mindset. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, we have a sister podcast, uh, Love University, that talk about loving yourself, others, and a higher nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think of money also as kind of a loving energy. Because if you do something you love for work, yeah. you know, you get this thing called money in return, and then you buy goods and services in appreciation for the money that you give to them. So it's kind of a flow, right? You can get it, let it, let it flow throughout the world. And you mentioned something like if, if you need some money, like find a passion that you, you really like and, you know, maybe make money from it, you know, like a pastime. And it had something, I think, called Sweet Vision. Some, you mentioned some businesses yeah. in your book that yeah. are like people that love to bake and all they start doing these different yeah. uh, desserts. And, they, and they, were they making money out of it eventually? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and you know, you always start with something that you'll do for free and see how you can get paid for it, especially if you're trying to pay off debt or, you know, start a business or build wealth. And and that's what I tell people. And that's what I ended up doing when I'm speaking now. It's yes. something I, I love to do. I love helping people get yes. financially free and speaking just became that, that career out right. of that. Exactly. I mean, I've seen like uh, Shark Tank. Have you seen the show where people come mm-hmm. on with these hobbies and interests? Yes. Uh, dolls and, you know, and cookies and all this stuff. <laughs> Some of them yeah. actually make a lot of money. They do. Um, they- <laughs> was that one guy? He, uh, something about the, the scrub daddy. You ever seen that guy? Scrub. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a funny little, uh, you know, scrub, uh, t- towel or, or no, yeah. it was a uh, sponge. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so stuff like that is kind of cool. And, uh, you know, think of like money kind of as, as your friend. Like if you have a great home that's hospitable, you know, you have good food to people and you're a good company, friends will yeah. come to visit you. What if you're kind of mean spirited and you have lousy food? No one's going to come, right? Exactly. So then you have to chase them. You got to call them up and they know how to come. So I think if you offer value to people and maybe do a little more work than you paid for, then that's going to create money to come back, right? As a yeah. friend. Do you, yeah. do you, do you see that in your life too? 
Yes, definitely. You always want to overgive. You want to always overdeliver, yes. right. uh, especially if you're somebody who's trying to be an entrepreneur. You want to always overdeliver because that right. brings repeat customers and repeat clients. So yes. I definitely know that that works. Right. And sometimes it's good to even overpay slightly a merchant or a salesperson because mm-hmm. um, you know you're creating a bond of a connection. Yes. And maybe they'll give yeah. you a good deal the next time. You know, some people try to get the best deal. You know, they, they're really yeah. uh, very tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, have you seen that? You know, in terms of that. Yeah, definitely. And you always want, you know, if you're getting a good product from a great business or a great person, you always want to like give more. Right. And I, I and I always believe in that. I'm yes. always like, okay, no, I want to give you a tip because thank you for the hard work that you're doing, especially those who are solopreneurs that are working for themselves. That's very nice. Yeah. So it's definitely, I can see the loving energy coming from you. So you really yeah. want to help people. That's a positive. The other thing I found interesting in your stuff, you talked about um, making small money mind shifts. Uh, in other words, like don't ignore the cost of your life and, and open your bills. Yeah. I thought of this. I guess there are people that don't open their bills, right? They're scared of it. They don't want to. <laughs> uh, what's the deal with that? Like your electric bill. Oh, my God. Especially you know, we're in California, so it's really high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people do that, especially the the higher bills. So yes. your student loans and the credit card bills, you know that you know what the minimum payment is, but right. you don't know total amount of money that you owe and you have to know that in order to be able to tackle it. Right. And also the idea that, you know, these little chefs like maybe spend, you know, maybe 20 minutes a day looking at your finances or 30 minutes, whatever it is, uh, can get you kind of more into the financial mindset, right? So you're not just ignoring it. Like you said, some people, you know, put their head in the sand, right? They don't want to see what's going on. They're afraid afraid of it. But also, um, there's also the idea of, um, you heard of the money affirmations or even mantra. It's kind of like you repeat this to yourself, a phrase. Uh, Tony Robbins, you know, the guy that's a uh, big speaker, you know, he's worth about half a billion. He, he says yeah. every morning he wakes up, he says, God's wealth is circulating in my life. Uh, it flows to me like avalanches of abundance. So I think that's kind of cool. Do you, have a, do you have a money abundance phrase you say to yourself? Uh, I mean, yeah. not, not, I'm going to die broke. You don't want that one. But. No, <laughs> I, I have one that I write in my book every day and it's I accept prosperity is my divine right. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Okay. So, uh. Yeah, because there can be a, a great showers of a blessing, right? Coming to people that are giving and loving to others. Yes. Uh, yeah. And also, like you said, and t- you know, believing that you deserve it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, there are people that win the lottery, and with a year time, they lose all the, they spend all the money. They because do. They don't feel they deserve it, and they're millionaires that lose all the money, and then they make it back because they yeah. believe in their mind that they deserve, you know, to have success and, and finances. So, uh, but you know, there are different kinds of people. Let's say um, there are people that are maybe very spiritual in a certain way. I said, mm-hmm. money is the root of all evil. I want to avoid it. And there are other people that pursue it like uh, almost like a god. So what yeah. are you saying about to either side of those, you know, either extreme? Yeah, yeah and, and, that, and I always went with that scripture with the root of all evil. I always tell people that that's a misunderstanding. If that's what you, if you're using it as an idol, money as an idol, then yes, it's going to destroy you. But if you're looking at it, it's just a tool. It's just paper. And right. you're just using it to reach your dreams and to give and to help uh, other people. That's very important. It, it's a blessing and it's just something that you're using as a vessel. So it could be an instrument of love in a sense. If you yeah, right definitely. Way. You can be a vessel just like Tony Robinson says, oh. you know, be a vessel of God's wealth to help other yes, people. I like that. Now, you know, Janae, I wrote a book, uh, Love Types. It's a bestseller on uh, Myers-Briggs uh, Love Compatibility. You know, how people oh. can find, I don't know if you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs, personality types. Yes. Uh, yeah. And there are actually four uh, groups. I want to ask you, let's say you have a client that has um, a certain personality and mm-hmm. you were going to advise them. For example, the uh, security seekers 
I know you talk about saving and investing. So that they love that. You know, they love to put it, you know, they're actually good at that stuff. Yeah. Uh, because they like security. But then we have the meaning seekers that are not that interested in money. They're more spiritual, philosophical. They want to have mm -hmm. a mission or a crusade in life. How, how would you advise them on money? Well, just helping them understand that goal. Their their goal is to help people. Their goal is to be able, let's say they want to be able to build a school in another country. Hmm. It takes money to do that. And, and just helping them, like, that gets you to your goal. So being able to save money, being able to get out of debt, you're taking all the money that you were paying towards debt to now go towards building that school and helping children in another country. Right, so tap into their crusade or mission, right? Yeah. Their, their philosophical, Absolutely. philanthropic idea. Yes. Uh, then we have another group called the Intuitive Thinkers, NTs, also known as Knowledge Seekers. And they're kind of like the brainy, technological people. Mm -hmm. They're kind of not really that interested in money per se, I mean, but they can, be a little, they can be tight with money, though. They don't like to spend yeah. it, but they don't really <laughs> want to do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> but they want to be with their gadgets and things like that, you know. So what would you, how would you advise those Knowledge Seekers? They're all day reading books and all that. Yeah, and you're, you're tapping into that as well, the same thing. So those with knowledge seekers, maybe they want to go to a certain conference somewhere yeah, that yeah. is across the world. Yeah, like a Star that, Trek convention in China or something. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you know that, that, once again, that takes money. Maybe they want to always be able to read five books a month. That yeah. takes money. Yeah. So you're always tapping into people's um, desires and needs. All right, and then we have, today we have the, um, these are maybe a challenge for you. These are the excitement seekers. Yes. They say, why spend it when I can die tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, and they want to enjoy, you know, go to yeah. Vegas. They want to travel and you know, enjoy yeah. life. And, and they're that kind of social party type. What do you mm -hmm. say to those folks? And, and for them, you have to you have to go into a deeper meaning because right now they're in the mindset of thinking about themselves all the time. So you have to say, what is more, what's also important to you? Is it a mother? Is it a grandmother? Is it, you know, children? And what can you do to help their lives be better? That should be exciting as well. Okay, and then, of course, and then you also can talk to them about, yes, you love to do this and do that. Let's put a fund, a fun fund on top. Ah. Okay. And put money over here, and then you can do whatever you want with that while okay. also investing for your future, Good just point. in case you live another 50 years. <laughs> there you go. And then you still want to have fun when you're older, too, right? So not just right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what you can tell them, too. I, I like that. So you're kind of combining the two different sides of their personalities, right? Uh, yeah. Instant gratification and delayed gratification. Yes, definitely. Yeah, most people have both. Now, you mentioned the 2008 recession was hard for you, and a lot of people, things were tough. And you don't want people to fall into that pattern today, you know, if, if something happens in the next year or two, right, with the economy. Yeah. And you're saying how to be kind of recession-proof is what, kind of what you want to teach people uh, economically. So you talk about uh, having a two-week expense tracking program where, uh, I guess, the 1st and 15th, right, you keep track yeah. of your expenses. And you see how that affects you. And uh, also having, like, a spending plan where you put aside X amount, right, for certain things. Now, you don't call it budget. I guess people don't yeah. like the word budget. No, they don't. They immediately just shut down. They, and feel, they, don't. they feel deprived, right? If it's a budget. Yeah. <laughs> no ice cream for me. No pistachio nuts yeah. for uh, this, this whole week. No <laughs> life at all. <laughs> but and also you say something has to go uh, kind of idea. Like you have to yeah. maybe eliminate things. Uh, you talk about uh, pick a no spending day. I did that shit in college. That's kind of a good idea. Like you don't spend yeah. that one day, right? Zero, yeah, zero dollars. Definitely. That's kind of cool. Uh, buying out of season clothes, selling on eBay and, and also your know, coupons, you know, ways to save money. Yeah. But here's the, the challenge, though, is that, you know, in prehistoric times, when people got food, they didn't have refrigerators, so they would just consume it. Yeah. So it's, it's almost people think we have a genetic evolutionary programming mm -hmm. to just, you know, consume, right? When we have it, we use it, we consume it. Yeah. So saving may not be instinctual, some people think. So what do you think about that? How do you get people to do that? Yeah. And a lot of times, it, and it can be hard if people don't have their backs against the wall. Ah. 
you know, they have enough money that's paying everything and it's hard for those people. But for those that feel the, the financial stress, which many Americans do, once you tap into that, they say, you know, I can, you know, not spend for one day here. I could, you know, maybe get the the, the um, sling instead of having full on cable and only pay $20 to watch my favorite shows for a few months and save that money. It's just being able to give them inches instead of like taking a whole mile from them. Interesting. <laughs> But yeah. I think there were one or two stories in the biblical stories where someone had a dream about a famine. Yeah. And I think it's just something like put away uh, X amount of uh, grain or something, you know, uh, for the good times. Yeah. And then the, with that kind of stuff, you have, you know, you have that left over. Exactly. Was it one fifth or two fifth? Do you remember that story? I don't remember the amount, but I definitely remember the story to put it away in good time. So when, if a famine comes, right. you and have- the famine did come and then everyone else was yeah. starving and skeletons and uh, these people yeah. were, were surviving. Right. So they were exactly. able to do okay. So I guess that's an interesting way to think about it. If people can get into that mindset. Yeah, definitely. Because we're always going to have recessions. And so you have to be able, like during these good times. Yes, good times. <laughs> so we, we haven't had anything real since 2008. So right. a lot of people are saying that maybe we're due for one soon. Hmm. So this, And I've been telling people like the last couple of months, they need to be building up their treasure chest right now. And that's what that's for. Yeah. So you, I think you call it an emergency fund or, or breathing safety fund or something. Yeah. In case or, you're... Fine, yeah. You're still breathing, so you're alive, right? So you might as well put away. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you said at least for 500 bucks up to three years. I mean, a whole year salary, right? Yeah, whole year's exactly. expenses, right? Exactly. If you if you're debt free, to have a year's worth of expenses because it's very hard to find a job when you're desperate, and when people don't have money in the bank, they take any kind of job they can get. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example. So, uh, Angie Janay, I'm going to go to college tennis scholarship. Can you co-sign for me on my loan, my my, my student loan? Absolutely not. <laughs> auntie Janae, you're my favorite auntie. Yeah. I've been coming to your house for many years, and yeah. look at me. I got a forehand and a backhand. I'm going to be yeah. the, the new Williams people. You don't want to help yeah. me? And I, and I, absolutely not. Now, if I have it to give to you, I will uh, give Ah, okay, okay. But we will not be signing a debt in my name. <laughs> okay, I'll give you 10% on my salary when I'm big time. No. Well, you better go find an agent. I'm not. <laughs> uh, okay. So you say saying no, which sounds yeah. like it's pretty hard to. Maybe family members that either want you to co-sign or yeah. borrow money. That's kind of hard, isn't it, for some people? I mean, what if it's your daughter or your, you know, what do you do if it's your daughter? Do you have a, do you have kids? I have two kids. Yeah, I have okay. a, a nine-year-old and I have a 14-year-old. What if they want something special, a business or something that they really need yeah. money for? What do you tell them? I tell them, I tell them they mother paid off 50 grand of debt in two years. So <laughs> it's in their genes to go find the money. Okay. And, I, and I'll show them, you know, if they want to start a business, how to get business grants, okay. how to go, you know, just giving them the tools to go be able to do it themselves. And if I have it to give, once again, okay. you know, $5,000. Okay. So uh, are there any exceptions to that where you would maybe say yes? Any exceptions at all that fits, uh, I mean, uh, like emergency, medical emergency or stuff like that or? And, that, and that's what the, the whole, you know, in case you're breathing fund is for. And that's, you know, when those emergency comes up, that's what I'll do. Oh, okay. But I, I, I have not borrowed money since 2007. So you haven't you have borrowed money? No, I have any car I have, we, I've okay. bought cash. And, and you haven't lent, lent money to anybody? No, I don't lend money to anybody. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> uh, it's just relationships. Yeah, that's it, a good point. Yeah. So they may be resentful or you may be resentful if they don't pay it or yeah, whatever. exactly. So and if do. I see them out and about, you know, getting their hair done on a oh. trip before <laughs> you pay me my money, then it's a problem. So we don't even want to get to that. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is, it's hard to say no to, for a lot of people, is credit cards. 
Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you got a credit card. You got what did you buy on a credit card one time? They gave you twenty percent off or something? Or yes, and that's one of the things. That's when you didn't know about. I didn't know about money at all, and I was still in college. And you know, you're at the Gap, and they're saying you get twenty percent off day if you sign up for this card. And I, until and once I signed it and realized, and I tried to pay for it still, and she said, "Oh no, the bill comes later." Uh -huh. And that's when I had signed up for a credit card, mm -hmm. and I had messed up, and it, it was a really bad deal for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can see that. It taught me a lesson. It yes. taught me. A but on the other hand, some people say it's good to build your credit. So other times when you should do credit, um, you know, what's your feeling on that? Yeah, and I'm a lot different than a lot of people, um, a lot of people around finances. I don't have a credit card. I haven't had one since, you know, I think 2006. Mm. And so whenever I speak to college students and high school students, I'm trying to put them on a different path right. where they own bank and they don't oh. rely on credit cards. Okay. They have their own emergency fund. Right. They have their money and so forth because right. they, I, I show them how to buy a car without a credit score. I show them how oh, really? to get a house without one wow. and so forth. So I'm trying to teach younger people hmm. who have not gotten into the world yet That's how true. to live with how their do you money. How a, a house without a credit? I think you had to have credit for a house. How do you yeah, do so being able not to have to depend on it. So of course they have to have a two years of a steady job that right. they can point out to. A 20% down payment and dealing with a mortgage broker is oh. going to be the best chance. Okay. When you come with money, Things come a lot easier with mortgages. Good point. Good point. <laughs> now, now, speaking of investment advice, you know, you do have a lot of advice. Mm -hmm. What do you think today? I mean, people talk about stocks, crypto, mm -hmm. uh, gold and silver, real estate. They even mentioned yeah. even buying cash if you can do it. So for real estate. Yeah. So what is your what's the best investment? Give us a 2022 mm -hmm. pronostication. Where, where yeah. should we put our money this year? So I'm not a financial advisor. I'll put that out there. Okay. But but definitely understanding, you know, retirement, so mutual funds and so forth. I don't do individual stocks I, and I because I know that if I put my money here in Apple and, you know, a thousand dollars and then Tim Cook loses mine and my, <laughs> then my thousand dollars is gone. But with okay. mutual funds, that's where I go. I don't deal with Bitcoin or crypto or Forex right. because it's just right now too volatile. And if I don't understand something, I don't put my money in it. So that that's that's why I tell people, you know, going to mutual funds, something safe that you can put it there and leave it alone. I see what you're saying. Now, here's an interesting idea, and this uh, might tap into Love University. You know, we talk about mm -hmm. relationships, but how about love and money? Yeah. Now, you married a guy. Mm -hmm. I guess he didn't tell you that he had twenty five thousand dollars in debt. Now, yeah. first of all, were you were you mad? And if you would have known, would you have married him? <laughs> yeah, he. No, I would have. I still would have married. So married. Okay. But were you mad though? Yeah, and he didn't know because, you know, parents tell you just to sign here, sign oh, there. Oh, so, so he didn't know either? No, no, he didn't. He thought he went on Oh, up. okay, so he was it. But what if he did know, for example? He yeah, if he didn't know, then we, we probably would. I don't know, like, why you didn't tell me? <laughs> but, you'd, be a, you'd be a little mad. Yeah, we, we had been together since high school, so I don't think he would have, you know, did that. It wasn't somebody that I had just met uh, two years ago. Right, right. But sometimes people yeah. are scared to relieve, to relieve I mean, yeah. to uh, release information, you know. Yeah, that, and, you I know. Tell, and I always tell them, tell people who are, you know, engaged or, or trying to keep from being engaged because this person has all this debt. Right. I say, you're working together, and two incomes is a lot better than one. Right. And when you do that, you all can pay it off fast and just go on about your life and build wealth together. It should never be right. – Debt should never keep you from being married. Debt should never keep you from having a child. And so right. I always tell people that, yeah. Right. But they say that, aside from, let's say, sex and uh, children, uh, money is one of the biggest conflictual yeah. areas. It may even cause divorce. It will. Because yeah. sometimes uh, they fight a lot. And then you might have one who's like a spendthrift, right? They love to yeah. spend. The other person loves to save. Yeah. And, and they fight. I don't know if you ever see that among people you, you talk to. Yeah, like definitely. That. What's it, your it, 
You see that? You see all the time. So what's your advice to the two-sided uh, monster? Yeah. And so to help the person who is trying to get the spender under control, that's where the dream sheet comes in. And I'm and, and nobody knows a spouse better than their spouse. And I say, you know that that person wants to go to the Panthers game and sit at the 50-yard line down by the field. Yeah. So put that as one of your dreams from a year from now for the next season, and you'll see them start to stop spending. Because they want to get that ticket. Yes, okay. <laughs> so they can visualize, right? Something that they yeah. want. It's <laughs> so happening to their desires, just like anybody else. That makes a lot of sense. And they also mentioned um, creating generational wealth. Yes. And the idea that passing along to your children. Mm -hmm. My son actually played um, basketball high school. They're uh, actually a very good team. They won some championships. And um, one of the players has, went to the NBA, uh, Spencer oh. Dinwiddie. I don't know if you've heard about him. He plays for Washington. I, I have heard. Yeah, he just signed a, signed a $60 million deal. Wow. And they call it generational money. Yes. But uh, I mean, how do you, I mean, if you're not a superstar athlete, how do you, the regular folks uh, become generational money? What's the idea for that? And just understanding that you have to start investing early for them. Uh, so whether that is a college fund, whether that is, you know, just making sure that your wheel is in place and you have the money that you're saving on your behalf. Yes. And money down. So if anybody understands, we know college is expensive. So let's take that part out of, you know, that problem out by yes. starting, a, you know, a 529 or Roth IRA for them for college. And then if they get scholarships, then you can use that money to help them buy a house. Okay. And so just being able to take that debt out, that, that future debt out of their lives, that's what helps with generational wealth. Makes sense. Now, Reggie, my producer, can you come over here? Uh, I want to introduce you to a young man um, that you can maybe give a little advice to. Okay. Uh, this is Reggie. Um, Reggie, say, say hi to Jay. Hi, Jay. Nice to meet you. Reggie is a young man. I think he just turned 30. Am I correct? Right. Even mm -hmm. though he looks about 20, 20 or something. Yeah. Uh, a single man. Um, and he wants to basically succeed, you know, at this age. Um, what are you uh, as a gen? Uh, what are you now? A millennial? Well, I'm a millennial, yeah. Okay. So what do you yeah. say advice to the millennials like Reggie to be mm -hmm. successful financially? Well, first of all, so, yeah. what, what's your goals? What do you want to do? Well, um, I want to um, keep working podcasting like I, I'm producing for Dr. Avila right now. Also, um, someday I want to get back behind the mic, but okay. yeah, I'm open to whatever um, the future has for me. Okay, awesome. And so what, what I would tell you is definitely being able to write down, like using the dream sheet, write down what your goals are, because what you're talking about, it will take money. So like you said, you want to get back in front of the mic. We know podcasting takes money. <laughs> so being able to go ahead and start that fun now um, and able to be able to, you know, once it's time to do that, it's off and going and off and going. And it even takes money to be able to get um, advertisers in there because you might have to go to conferences and promote your podcast and that takes money. So being able to get that, basically a podcast fund going. I like that. So a ready yeah. podcast fund. That's good. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Any other advice for him? Uh, no like, what do you spend on? Do you spend it on McDonald's or what do you spend money on? Um, pretty much, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, like yeah, he, loves to, he loves to eat. Though. So, yeah, you know, yeah. eating out is a big expense. What do you suggest yeah, to and this that's a big expense for everybody. So, yes. we all have busy lives. So, it's very easy for us to just go out and get something. But I always tell people if, if after you do the tweak, two week expense tracking, if eating out is one of your big goals, then say to yourself, okay, I eat out four times a week. Can I put that down to two and then save that money and put it towards what you want it to go towards? And that's how you end up saving money and just being able to cut back just a little bit. So, Richard, can you do the two-week uh, uh, burrito two, two times a week? Um, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's, always, it's always what number you want to do because sometimes it may be seven and you say, can I go down to four? Uh, okay, so, so cut it down I, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it's just knowing what that number right. is saying, can right. I just bring it down a little bit right. just for a few weeks. Exactly. Now, his dream, you know, uh, is to find the right lady. You know, he's a little shy, <laughs> you know, to get married. So what do you recommend yeah. in terms of financials for that part? 
Yeah. And just being able to understand, like, once you find that person and being on the same page financially, uh-huh. those are the thoughts to have because you don't want to have that talk after you've already gotten married. Right. She's spending because, all her money, yeah. you don't like that, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> because then there'll be arguments about money. And like he said, that is the number one cause of divorce is financial issues. I like that. Okay, Reggie. So, so far, so good, right? So, get a, a Reggie podcast fund. Uh, yeah. Come back in the burritos and find a girl that wants to spend right. with you. All right, good job, yeah, Reggie. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jenny. Right, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So that's a very quick fix. So I think Reggie's going to do well now. We'll have to do a progress report on this. Yeah. Uh, and that's very important. I mean, if you start younger, I guess it's a good idea no? to save, uh, learn the right habits. A lot of this is about discipline. Yes. Mental it discipline, is. right? To be able to do that. Let me ask you now, uh, Jenny, uh, recently um, Superman came out. You know, they have a lot of these movies uh, is there any kind of action hero that you would want to be like or that you think about? <laughs> well, I'm a very big Marvel fan, DC fan. Oh, okay, okay. Into those kind of things. Um, my my favorite, I would say, is Wolverine. I like Wolverine. Wow. He's a sexy guy, right? I guess, right? <laughs> what do you like? What do you yeah. like about him? Like, is he, you know, something special about yeah. him? I mean, he's, you can't kill him. You, oh, you okay. You can't kill him. Okay. He gets crazy. He's a yeah. wolf. Okay. He's pretty much like the strongest superhero out there that I can think of. Oh, okay. Of, can I say Janae is the same way? Uh, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger? Are you yes. that kind of person? Exactly. He went through a lot. So, I, like I said, I, I went through a lot of things and being able to come out strong on the other side. Yeah. I see. Uh, I didn't mention the financial. Is there anything else you've overcome in life that's made you stronger mm-hmm. as far as you can tell? Any challenges? Yeah. And it was early in life. My father passed away when oh, I was 17. That. Okay. Yeah, so that that was one of the things that kind of set me off on yes. being more independent okay. and you know, wanting to take care of my mom and so forth before I, you know, before I went to college. That made me even more determined to do good okay. in college. I see. Now, you have a big basketball husband. How tall is your, your husband? Oh, he's a point guard, so he's 5'11". Oh, okay. okay. Well, still, <laughs> at least he's fast and he's probably got good yeah. habits, right? Okay. Yeah. That's great. Well, you know, you're a delightful uh, guest on the show, uh, Janae. I really appreciate it. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, where we can find your work. Do you have a website? What do you yes. offer? What can you offer to the listeners? And I think everybody can find anything they need at my website, and that's um, debtsucksuniversity.com. Okay. So just okay. like the name I put, debtsucksuniversity.com, you okay. can find it. Yes. Okay. So what do you offer? Now, you do you coaching individually? Do you have uh, books, uh, any kind of programs, uh, tapes? Or- yeah. Um, so I speak around the country uh, for corporations, for financial wellness programs, as well as colleges for their financial literacy. And then when you go to the website, you'll see links to my books, as well as my um, online courses. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, you're very soft-spoken, but you got a lot of uh, going on inside there. And also, I can see you've got a caring heart. Yeah. Uh, so Janae Adams, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. If anyone wants to reach us, they can call us at 310 090. Email us at invincibleyounow at gmail.com. And of course, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and the others. So, Janae, until next time, uh, we'd love to have you back on again. I know you have a lot of books you got in your head, probably, right? You want to write? <laughs> and talk more about 2022. I mean, I, I believe it's going to be a good year for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can overcome the, these challenges, right? And the virus and everything else. And yeah. start to put ourselves in a, you know, a very positive mindset. Uh, and that's the key, right? Love and expanding the loving energy and money is, is, you know, a flow that comes back. And that's a wonderful thing. So until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila with Invincible You, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Janae. Thank you. That was a great show with Janae Adams, a financial literacy expert. You can see that she really has a warm heart, a lot of good, valuable knowledge, very down-to-earth information about finances. And basically, I like the idea of creating a fund for what you want, uh, putting away money for either travel, or in Reggie's case, having his own podcast for your children's education, also all to give, maybe humanitarian ventures, charitable ventures, or for your dream, you want to invent something, create something, a business, writing a book, 
say, I'm going to put aside X amount of money. I'm going to write a book for one year, maybe go to a resort island and, and just write or invent or create or something. So I think that's beautiful. And the fundamental aspect is that love is the fundamental source uh, for many of these things. Love is part of money energy, loving money energy. So this year, this week, now that we're getting close to the end of the year, and by the time this airs, will probably be the beginning of the year, is to have that dream in your mind. What is? What do you want to do in life? If money is not an object, what would you want to do? And then focus on that and give to others. And you can be stronger, wealthier, and more successful in every way. So until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila. If you want to reach us at Invincible You, you can email us at InvincibleYouNow at gmail.com. Call us at 310-226-8090. Like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at InvincibleYouOfficial. You can also follow us on Twitter at InvincibleU underscore. You can subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. So until next time, go out and have a wealthy, successful, and emotionally beautiful week. This is Dr. Alex Avila for the New Year 2022, Invincible You. 